Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know that both um, Paul and Pastor Rob were actually recently speaking about this in their own sermons, but I was listening to a podcast the other day about the significance of people's names in the Bible, and it was super interesting to learn about the meaning of people's names. Because sometimes a biblical author will actually give you very little detail about a specific person, but then we don't realize their name is actually able to tell you about something that has already happened in their life, or it acts as like foreshadowing into something that will happen in their life, or what their character will be like. And it's so cool because once you start understanding some of these meanings, then you can start seeing the characters living up to their calling, living up to their name and their stories. Sometimes God would even change an individual's name, such as Abram or Saul, to better reflect a transformation that had occurred in them, right? And so I encourage you, when you go home today, do some research and look up some of these names because it is really interesting. And there are some really intriguing ones that are just so specific, and you think, what does that mean? How does this come to play in their story? And then as you read their story again, you can see things from a different, you know, in a, in a different way. Have any of you guys ever looked up the meaning of your name? Does anyone know the meaning of their name? Maybe your parents have told you. Haley, do you think you know? Do you want to tell us? I'm pretty sure because I think we looked it up, hail, like the cold rain, and yeah. Your name means hail? Like, interesting. I wonder what that means for your life. (laughs) Does anyone else know what their name, do you know what your name means? I am Hildegard. And my name means to guide the children the right way. Wonderful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. Kaylin, come take a seat. Kaylin, do you know what your name means? You do? Actually, do you want to tell us? Wise child. (laughs) That is very accurate. You are a very wise child. Okay, one more. My name means um, grace in Greek. Interesting. Grace. That actually is going to come up in my sermon later. So my name, Kelly, has Irish origins and actually means warrior princess. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) It's very fitting, clearly. I mean, we'll see how that comes to play in my life. Hey. (laughs) So the person that we're going to be learning about today has one of those cool, meaningful names. So if any of the kids know who we're learning about, don't say it, but raise your hand. You know who we're learning about? Sabrina knows? Okay. Most of you don't know. Okay. Pastor Rob reminded us of this the other day. 
But what language was the Old Testament written in? Okay, you guys are going to have to meet me halfway so that we get, get faster at this. Hebrews. Hebrew, yes, exactly. It was written in Hebrew. So I do not speak Hebrew, but I'm going to try my best to pronounce this person's name in Hebrew, and I want you to see if you can guess who it is. Did I tell you last week? I don't think, no, I didn't tell you. Okay, it's someone we've studied before downstairs. So if the internet has not misled me, (laughs) you pronounce this person's name as Shemuel. Shemuel. Any guesses? So this is the person's name in Hebrew. Who do you think it is? What is this person's name in English? Samuel? Yes, good job. It is Samuel. You can kind of see that, right? Like the first letter, the last letter sounds kind of similar. This was actually my answer on your clipboard. So I'm going to give you guys a moment to <laughs> get your clipboards. If Mom, do you want to help? Nikki, if you want to grab some clipboards for them, you can. So, Samuel. Samuel was the last of the judges and also the first of the classical prophets through the end of the judges period and into the beginning of the Israelites having kings as rulers. And so Samuel's name, Shemuel, means heard of God. While we were hearing our passage While Matt was reading, did anyone catch why did his mother name him that? There was a reason. His name means heard of God. All right, halfway. You ready, Haley? Halfway. Oh, we got to work on this. Because he he was, um, because God gave her him. The baby, because she she prayed for him. Yes, exactly. Good job. That's exactly right. So his mother, uh, Hannah, whose name means grace, wasn't able to have children, and she was so, so sad about it. She prayed to God and asked him for a son and said that if God would give her a son, that she would dedicate him to serve in the temple for his whole life. That's a big promise. (laughs) And so God heard her prayer and did, in fact, give her a son. And she was so overjoyed that she sang praises to God. Samuel was an answer to prayer. And did Hannah follow through on her promise to God? Nice and loud? Yes, she did. So Samuel went to live and serve in the temple as a little boy, and he grew up there. Samuel was very obedient in his service to the temple and to the priest, whose name was Eli, and God was very happy with him. And then, one night, when everything was still 
and quiet, God actually called out to Samuel. It's very cool. <laughs> Are any of you starting to remember this story a little bit better now? Yeah, raise your hand if you can remember hearing about this. Okay, good. So I have a question for you. Before we find out what happened, downstairs as we study the Bible together through the year, we always have a big picture question for each unit, right? And so for this particular unit, our big picture question was, how does God accomplish his plan? How does God accomplish his plan? Nice. Thank you. <laughs> By us. Yes. I'm going to start you off. God uses for, God uses blank. Does anyone remember it? Oh, that's so close. God uses us. Nate? <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> that's okay. This is good review for us. God uses people for his glory and for our good. God uses people for his glory and for our good. And so I want you guys to be thinking about that. Remember that as we're studying this passage today, okay? So uh, this won't be up on the screen because I'm actually going to read this to you. So everyone, all of you, are listening very carefully. <laughs> This is 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. <laughs> and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I love this story so much. Every time I read it, it just gives me shivers. And I have read it like a hundred times this week, and it still gives me shivers. So if you were to keep reading this passage, you will find that God gives Samuel a message for Eli. 
You see, Eli had two sons who were doing lots of bad things, and God wanted to tell them that, I see what you're doing, and this is not okay. I, I am not okay with this, right? And so, <laughs> because Eli wasn't actually dealing with his sons properly, all three of them were going to be punished. Yikes. What do we call someone who has a message from God? A prophet. That's right. So, this story was the beginning of Samuel being God's prophet, which is super cool. Why do you think God spoke to Samuel? Why Samuel? Why not the priest, Eli? He could have, right, if he wanted to. If you didn't know the details of the story, and I were to just tell you that there was a priest and a little boy working in the temple, and God spoke to one of them, who would you think that God spoke to? Naturally, we would probably assume that he spoke through the priest, right? Because he is an adult, he is someone with authority, he's someone important in the temple. But something that I've learned about God is that he loves using the least likely person for his work. Do you want to know why? Because it gives God all the glory. If God were only to ever use the bravest, you know, the most handsome, <laughs> the, the smartest, the most obvious leaders, then people would look at them and go, oh, well, of course you did a good job. You're super brave. Or, well, it's because you're really smart. But when people see someone so young or someone really scared do amazing things, it makes them stop and go, wait, how did that just happen? How did they do that? It is only because God is working through us that we get to be a part of such incredible stories. It is an honor and a privilege for us to work alongside God. And I think it's rather humbling as well. Another reason why God might have chosen Samuel is because Samuel was so close. <laughs> Literally, here in verse 3, it says, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. God wants to speak to us. And through us, all of us. But if we're not close to him, how are we going to hear him? Who wants to get a secret message from me? It has to be someone brave, because they're going to have to come up here and do some things. Hmm. Naomi, do you think you would be brave enough to come up here? Do you think you can do it? Okay, let's, let's give her some applause. She's going to be very brave. 
Okay. So, Naomi, uh, let's, let's go over here. <clears throat> Thank you for doing this with me. It makes me feel a lot better to have someone up here with me. <laughs> okay, now people can see us. So, Naomi, I'm going to give you a secret message, and then I need you to give that message to all of these people here. You think you can do that? Yeah? Okay. So you're kind of going to be like my prophet, right? Okay. So I'm going to give you this mic, and you're going to hold it down so that no one can hear it, so that you can just be you're ready. Okay. Wait, wait. No, we use this. You stand here. Oh. <laughs> you have to use the mic. Then everyone oh. can hear you. <laughs> so hold it here. She said, I'm going on vacation this, this week, and I'm very excited. Okay. Now, I want you to go just, like, in front of that, that black boy. I want you to stand over there. This week, there's going to be terrible storms. And people need to get ready. No. Thank you, Naomi. So, question Was it easier to hear me when you were right beside me or when you were on the side? When you were right beside me, of course. Okay, you can go sit down. <laughs> so, of course, it's easier to hear me when I'm right beside me because that way you can hear my voice and you can get an accurate message, right? And so the point I'm trying to make here is that if we want to know God, if we want to hear him, then we need to get nice and close, right? And so what does that mean? How do we do that? Hmm. Well, the Bible says that Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. So there's a tip right there. If you don't know how to start serving or getting to know God, find someone who does. Ask someone to teach you. I feel like that's something that We don't do enough in church, and we should be mentoring those younger than us and asking people to mentor us. Let's not be so proud or so shy that we feel like we can't ask those things of each other. We are a family, and God has intentionally placed us here together at this church We were meant to be in each other's lives. This is one way that we can get closer to God. We need to study God's word. He has given us everything we need to know in this book. In our hands, he has given it to us. Often, when I make a new friend, I love to hear their story to hear about how they've gotten to this point in life, what struggles they've been through, what their favorite color is. 
right? And through those conversations, I'm able to build connections with them and I can relate to them. And the, th- the same thing happens when we start to hear God's story. The things that he has seen, <laughs> can you imagine? The things that are his favorite, the things that make him happy. The more we learn about these things, the more connected we feel to him, and the more we will start to understand what he's all about. This is one way that we can get closer to God. We need to talk to God, just like I would want to talk to my new friend so that they can get to know me and hear my story and find out what my favorite color is, which is blue, by the way. (laughs) It's very seriously blue. I take favorite colors very serious. If we don't spend time with God, we can't have a relationship with him. If we only ever read his word, but we never talk to him, or we only ever talk to him, but we never take the time to find out who he is and what he's all about. Either way, that's only a one-way relationship. And those just are not as beneficial. We need to humble ourselves before God and be able to be real and honest with him. He already knows you. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, he can handle it because he's that big. But let's commit to being a people who give every part of our lives to God because this is one way that we can get closer to God. If you've been a Christian for a long time, uh, then you might be rolling your eyes right now You might be thinking, oh, this is a sermon for the kids. How sweet. It is not. I am speaking to all of the adults here. I'm speaking to everyone who's been a Christian their whole lives. And you might be thinking, Kelly, oh, Kelly, we know these things. We know to pray. We know to read our Bible, right? These are things, like, these are the first things you learn about Christian living. When you're three years old, you learn this. Read your Bible, pray. And so I'm saying this to you because this is how I felt about my own sermon. (laughs) I'm not joking. I was working really late the other night, and uh, on this sermon, actually, and I I came downstairs just as a board meeting was getting out, and I was telling them about my sermon, and John Jansen said to me, you know, in his John Jansen sort of way, Are you practicing what you preach? And internally, I rolled my eyes and I thought, goodness gracious, I work for a church, I'm a Christian. Yes, John, I am practicing what I preach. I didn't say this to him. This is what I was thinking. (laughs) And so we all went home. I walked through my door, flopped on my bed, and what did I do? I wish I was, that was the answer. I was on Facebook. I was, yeah, I was doing nothing. I was on Facebook. And as I was scrolling through Facebook, I heard John Jansen in my head. Are you practicing what you preach? And it actually made me sit up and go, hmm. 
all of a sudden it occurred to me (laughs) that my sermon was for me. (laughs) That God is speaking to me through my own words. (laughs) And I can't tell you how many times that has happened to me, especially since starting this role here in church. Happens a lot. And so you may not be up here preaching right now. In fact, I know you're not. I am. Um, But if you've been a Christian a long time, that means that I'm assuming you've taught this to your children, you've told this to your family, right, your nieces, nephews, whoever, people in your life. And so whether or not you are on the stage, you are a preacher. Wherever you go, you are representing God to everyone you speak to, everyone that sees you. Are you practicing what you preach? Next time you are flipping through Facebook, Instagram, I know my Instagram people are over here. (laughs) Watching TV, it's a lot easier to just turn on the TV and, and zone things out, right? I want you to have John Jansen in your head. Are you actually practicing what you preach? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's important So these are just a few of the ways that we can start getting nice and close to God. God wants to use us. He is ready. He is looking around this room right now, waiting for someone to draw near to him and hear his voice. Guess what? God has things he wants to tell you. Like, you, specifically, you. (laughs) Our king, the creator of this entire universe, wants to speak to you. (laughs) If that doesn't sound exciting, then I don't know what does. (laughs) I see everyone nervously avoiding my eyes. I have to tell you a story. This is a personal story. (laughs) I have never, ever told anyone this story in my whole life. I'm very serious. And now I'm telling it to all of you all at the same time. (laughs) When I was a little girl, my dad will laugh at that. I often start stories that way. When I was a little girl, I was maybe about 10 or so, and it was the middle of the night and everyone was asleep. And I heard my name. And I woke up. And it's dark, right? (laughs) I'm like, what? What's happening? And then I think, oh, that must be my mom or my dad outside my door. They must need me. So I'm listening. No, 
Then I started thinking, is the TV on? Is there someone around the house? I'm like listening for other noises. No, it's silent. So I'm like, okay, everyone is asleep. I'm trying to figure out who called my name. (laughs) And then I remembered Samuel. And I was like, no. What if? (laughs) And I was terrified, genuinely terrified. I was like, I am not ready for this. I am a little girl. I can't. I don't want this booming God voice in my room. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And so I start this internal dialogue with myself. And I'm like, Kelly, it's God. You, You don't you can't not talk to God. If he's talking to you, you have to talk to him, right? So I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, I remembered hearing the story in Sunday school, and I was trying to think so hard, what did Eli tell him to say? What was the line? I couldn't remember, you know, as if it's this magical line that you need to talk to God, I wanted to get it right. This is a first impression that he has of me, you know. So, and then I'm like, I'm running out of time. I've been having this conversation. I need to answer him. And I remember holding my sheets to my chest. And I'm like bracing myself for this moment. And I, I couldn't remember the line exactly, but... I said, yes, God, here I am. And nothing happened. (laughs) And I waited a good minute before I was like, okay, there's no, there's no booming voice. There was no flashing light. You know, I thought of the shepherds, like, am I going to be terrified? <laughs> Nothing happened. And then I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is so embarrassing. I am never going to tell anyone that this happened. <laughs> and to this day, I never found out why I heard my name or why I woke up in the middle of the night. But (laughs) that is a night that I will never, ever forget. (laughs) Okay. Why did God choose Samuel? I wonder how Eli felt getting such a hard message from God through the little boy that he was raising. (laughs) Samuel was practically his adopted son, right? I mean, think about that. Imagine yourself in Eli's shoes. How would you feel, Mike, if your son said that to you, right? How would you respond to, to that? You know, it's, it's quite amazing to me, actually. Eli's response is incredible. He says in verse 18, He is the Lord. 
Let him do what is good in his eyes. Do we listen to our kids? Like, actually listen to what they're saying? Do we recognize that they have a place in God's kingdom here in Scott Street Church, that they belong here? And I don't, I don't just mean in a way that is like, oh, they're so cute. We love seeing them here. I don't mean like that. I mean that we, we have much to learn from them. Uh, Let's see, Matthew 18, verse... Verse 3 and 4, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Some of the most beautiful prayers I have ever heard have come from children. I strive to pray like they do. (laughs) Look at the contrast between Eli's two sons who were wicked in God's sight and Samuel. Samuel would have been around these two sons, right? And it's important to note that he was not swayed by their poor character. Samuel held his own, and I feel proud of him. Let's not make the mistake of discounting our children, especially in God's work. What have we been talking about in church all year? We are a family who loves God and loves others. This is exactly why we have our kids stay in church. This is why we've been having these family services. We are all in this together, and we need to learn how to appreciate one another, how to be gracious to each other, and to start actively looking at how God is working in other people's lives. Even people who are this tall, they all just looked up. (laughs) I know, you know, sometimes it can be really easy to just talk to other adults here in church because we're all kind of on the same eye level. We see each other pretty easily. But I encourage you to start looking down and meet some new eyes. There are other people here in this church. Introduce yourself. Ask them what their favorite color is. Carissa, what's your favorite color? Blue. Mine is blue, too. No way. We just made a connection. We didn't even plan that. (laughs) You know, better yet, invite their family over for a quick dessert. It doesn't have to be a big ordeal, I promise. Just Pull out some ice cream. 
You guys will be best friends in no time. I know these kids. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you may remember, it was just a little while ago that I had told you that I wrote a story for KidZone. Do you guys remember <laughs> my embarrassing drawings? Who, who remembers? Who, who is this? Anyone? What was her name? Oh, man. <laughs> Not Charlotte. <laughs> this is the story of Kelsey. And so, unfortunately, uh, the rest of you, you didn't get to hear my lovely story. But I will tell you, the story of Kelsey was all about how God can use children for his plan in this world. Even though she was just a little girl, she started showing God's love to others by writing cards for people in her local hospital and spending time praying for them. And so what had started as just a small action on Kelsey's part actually ended up having a huge impact in many people's lives. And she was just a little girl. When we picture doing God's work, sometimes we think that it will be way too hard. It will be too overwhelming. But it is incredible when you start to realize that sometimes it really is the small things that can make such a difference in people's lives. Following God is for everyone, no matter your age, and that means that God can work through everyone. Whether you are five or 95, God wants to use you. Right now, today, this afternoon, God wants to use you. No matter your age, no matter how much money you have, no matter what skills you think you do or don't have, none of that matters. God can use you exactly the way you are. Because guess what? <laughs> it's not about how amazing you are. It's about how amazing our God is. How does God accomplish his plan? God uses people for his glory and for our good. Kids, I want you to answer me. Who does God use? Shout it out. People. That's us. Who gets the glory? God. Who benefits? Us. I want to end off today with a quote from an article that has meant so much to me in the past little while. And this was written by a pastor in Minneapolis named Stephen Lee. God doesn't need the powerful, influential, or the cultural movers and shakers to accomplish his work. God actually goes out of his way to give disproportionate impact to the weak, humble, and foolish so that Christ receives all the glory. God intentionally uses weak people to do his best work. 
together we can embrace our varied weaknesses in order that God's power might be displayed. It's the reminder that we all need daily. God is sufficient. God is good. (laughs) God loves you. And Jesus Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.